Next up on Saturday mornings at your service, it's Welcome to Health. Greatest Grains and the Welcome to Health Center bring you Dr. Kurt Rexroth, chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. Dr. Rexroth is here to answer your questions about chiropractic, nutrition, or healthy weight loss. So give Dr. Rexroth a call at 344-1420, or you can find him online at welcometohealth.com. And now here's Dr. Kurt Rexroth. Good morning, Quad Cities. We've got a great topic this morning. We're going to talk about chiropractic as the functional cure for many kinds of pain. And then we're going to also talk about some of the things that are coming up here in the near future. We've got a weight loss seminar, of course, on Tuesday evening at 630. It's a free seminar right at the clinic at the Welcome to Health Center. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Moline side of the Quad Cities, it's very easy to find. It's right on the avenue of the cities. Take the, I think it's the second exit off of the bridge. Uh, if you're going to be coming from Iowa and you turn on to Avenue of the Cities going east toward East Moline. And uh, just before you get there, you'll see Kmart on the right side of the road and turn right there. And it's on 53rd Street or right across the Kmart par- from the Kmart parking lot between Verizon and Kmart. We're uh, next to but not in the Kmart parking lot. It's a, it's a great place to come. It's kind of a, looks like a little cottage to some extent. And uh, it's something that, you know, you can go in there, feel good, feel relaxed, and uh, get a great seminar. It takes about an hour, hour and a half to do the seminar. And then you've got, we've got time for questions. You get to see exactly what we do with the diet. And um, uh, it's a good time. It really is a good time. And I would love to meet you folks. So get out there to the seminar and, and learn something about human physiology and why we get ourselves fat and how we do it and how we can reverse those and get ourselves skinny again, back to way, the way we should be. You know, <clears throat> some people don't realize it, but our ancestors went through a fattening time and a skinnying time every single year. I mean, what they did is they fattened themselves up just like the squirrels do around harvest time. They packed it on and gained about 15 extra pounds, and then they took it off during the winter because they didn't have that much food. So they went into full ketosis very often. That means that they were using their fat, they would actually turn their fat into fat fumes that circulated throughout the bloodstream, supplied all their body with good, healthy energy. And by the time summer came along, they were lean, mean, ready to work again. And they did that every single year. That is not called yo-yo dieting. That is called human physiology. (laughs) That's just what we've always been doing. Every culture, every place on earth has at least one or two lean seasons every year where we can burn off that extra fat and actually retune our body and bring it back to normal. And that's what we can help you to do there at the Welcome to Health Center. If you uh, need to go a little bit more than that because you've packed on too many of those 15 pounds year after year after year and never lost them, never tuned them off, we can help you with that too. But most people just need to tune up once a year. So that's something that we can go with you about. 6.30 Tuesday evening for the weight loss seminar. You know, whereas a lot of the healthcare approaches function and pretty well, exact, you know, not exactly well, but they, they actually do it with the amelioration of symptoms. They kind of get the symptoms and they lower them down and things. And chiropractic doesn't do that so much. As a matter of fact, they say keep your symptoms as long as the symptoms are appropriate. Now, that sounds really strange, I know, because what symptoms are appropriate? Well, one of the symptoms that I think is very appropriate is pain. I mean, what, what do we get these days? We have this doctrine that goes around and, 
it says, well, why should anybody in this advanced age ever experience pain? And so we have all of these things that we're, you know, giving people and taking every day. You know, we actually take things because we're afraid we might have pain. And this is something that is just, it's just crazy. It's gotten to a place where uh, a large portion of our population is at, actually addicted to opiates at this point. And the crazy thing about it is that people don't understand that opiates only work for about a week. And that's on, on almost any condition because your body adapts to those things. So what's the contrast? What do chiropractors do or what do chiropractors tend to do more often than other uh, healing professions? Well, they tend to say, hey, pain is a warning signal. It's a signal that tells you what not to do. It tells you you better back off and you better you know, focus on healing because you've got to do that in order to re- return to function. And, but, but chiropractic says, you know, keep the pain. Let's work on improving the function of your body. Let's work on the physiology of your body. Normalize that. And when you have normal physiology, the pain just goes away. The body has nothing to warn you about because pain is one of the primary warning signals that there's something going wrong and you better pay attention. It's kind of a wake-up call. And if you get rid of the wake-up call, it's kind of like going to a mechanic and your engine light is on and you go in there and you say, you know, my engine light's on. And the mechanic says, oh, is that bothering you? And you say, well, yeah, it bothers me. I want to know what's going on. And the mechanic says, no problem. I got a piece of duct tape here. I'll just put it right over that engine light. It'll never bother you again, right? And all of you would say, I would never go to that mechanic. I would never go back at least because what they're doing is they're just covering up the symptom. They're just, you know, kind of spackling over the crack, crack in the wall, when as a matter of fact, that crack in the wall indicates that there's something fundamentally wrong with the foundation, and it's just not a good way to go. So when it comes to choosing your healthcare practitioner, you want to choose somebody who focuses on function and focuses on returning you to normal function. When they do that, then the symptoms will go away. And that's kind of the way chiropractic has been since its inception. It's always focused on function first, and then the, the symptoms go away. And this is kind of brought out very, very firmly because in the latest opioid tragedy, I mean, we have over 100 people a day, actually it's up close to 150 a day now, dying of legitimate prescription drug opioid overdose and opioid addiction. And opioids bring about all kinds of other problems, too. I mean, the ones you see on television, they're advertising all these constipation drugs and things because when you're taking opioids, you're, the signals that go to your bowel to actually promote the peristaltic action, the squeezing action, you know, the tube of toothpaste kind of squeeze it to the, to, the, to the end where it's going to exit the tube, so to speak. That peristaltic action is something that is just calmed down completely. And all of a sudden, you can't move things through your gut. You can't move things out of your bowel. And as a consequence, they've got all of these different things to deal with opioid problems or op- medication problems. Um, side effects, so to speak. But when it gets right down to it, they're not side effects. They're effects. That's what these things do. And so as a consequence of that, you've got drug after drug after drug until finally you've got such a chance of actually 
trouble from all of these different drugs, that your life is just a mess. It's very important to realize that what you're doing there is you're trying to calm down symptoms. And when you calm down symptoms, you're always going to be calming down something else. There's, there's no better illustration of this than that, um, something that I discovered about five years ago. I read an article in Medscape News, which is one of the top educational sites on the Internet for uh, medical professionals, medical doctors primarily. You can actually get continuing education credit from that. And I read an article on, on that particular site that said that, you know, we didn't know it before, but we found out that when you take non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, the over-the-counter stuff, you know, the ibuprofen, the Tylenol, the aspirin, um, the Advil, all of these different drugs. When you take these kinds of drugs, you're blocking a certain signal, which can, by the way, increase inflammation and therefore increase pain. And when you block that signal, it lowers inflammation and therefore lowers pain. But here's the key. That signal is not just for pain. It turns out that that particular signal in ladies also goes to the ovary and is the signal that ruptures the follicle, and that's the little place that holds the egg. It ruptures the follicle and allows the egg to go into the fallopian tube to go to the uterus to be ready for fertilization. So when you are taking a just a standard over-the-counter pain medication at the wrong time, instead of that egg being released from the ovary, it's held in the ovary because the signal to release it has not been received because it's been blocked. So it stays there. And then what happens? It clicks past the time to release, and it starts to fibrose. And what do, you, what do I mean by fibrose? It becomes not an egg anymore. It becomes a cyst. Now, if you're not taking anti-inflammatory drugs, that cyst can very often be reabsorbed. But reabsorption depends on inflammation. And if there's no inflammation, if you keep blocking the inflammation with the drugs that block the inflammation to block the headache or the pain, and you keep taking that drug, then the inflammatory process is blocked, and therefore the cyst grows as a cyst. It's not reabsorbed. You're starting to get the picture. What's happening here is that the problem with taking these medications is that the effects, not the side effects, I call them side effects, but the effects of these medications are they block certain physiological processes. They are the duct tape over the engine light, you see? So you don't see what's going on, but the body, not only do you not see what's going on in terms of you don't have the pain, your body doesn't see what's going on. All kinds of other processes are being blocked in such a way that you cannot carry on normal physiological life, normal physiological processes. And so you avoid a headache and a little pain today, and you set up a cascade of causal events that leads to fibrotic cysts and endometriosis and all kinds of other problems in the future. And that's why when you are Covering symptoms by blocking physiological processes, and almost all drugs are blockers or inhibitors, you're going to be doing something down the road that you're not going to like. It's a whole lot better to allow yourself to experience the healing process. And by the way, healing hurts. It's just a fact of life. When you have an inflammatory process, which is the healing process, it's going to lead to some kind of discomfort. And the discomfort, by the way, is functional. I mean, 
When you have the flu, for example, and are sick, your discomfort is vital because it puts you in bed. It puts pounds of covers over your head to keep from getting chilled. You work up a good fever and you have a healthy immune response to the, to the infection and you defeat the infection with that healthy immune response. But don't ever think, and this is the thing that's so confusing, don't think that the healthy immune response is the thing that is the problem, that is the thing you have to overcome with medication. Because if you overcome that healthy immune response with medication, you're just setting yourself up for disaster. And I've said this on the program before, but the only way that we've gotten away with a lot of our uh, anti-physiological practices in medicine is because we have some absolute miracle drugs to help us get through them anyway. And what I mean by that is this. We go into the hospital and what happens? They take your temperature. If you have a temperature that's above 100 or 101 or something like that, they start giving you temperature-lowering drugs when, as a matter of fact, a temperature sets your body up as an incubator for immune defenses. And it's just like a chicken egg. You set a chicken egg on the table and it'll rot. You put it in the refrigerator, you can keep it for quite a while. You put it under a chicken and it hatches. You put it under a heat light and it hatches. Well, the immune system is just like that. If you cool the immune system down with drugs and medication again, you actually set yourself up to be overcome by the infection. Now, in the past, fortunately, we've had antibiotics that can overcome many bacterial infections. But if you just let your fever cook yourself and get that, get that fever up and it doesn't it, actually, it doesn't do the bacteria any favors, but what it does for your immune cells is they're like the chicken egg. When you heat them up, they divide like crazy. They create antibodies like crazy. They send the immune cells to the infection site. They send the antibodies to the infection site, and they just destroy the infection. Why? Because your body has incubated them. It's gotten hot and incubated them. And a fever of 104 is perfectly safe for most people. 105 is even safe for short periods of time. Um, you don't usually get, get any real problems uh, unless there is a problem with your thermostat and unless it, get, it gets even beyond that. For example, um, when my son was a very young child, uh, one or two years old, uh, he had a febrile seizure. And boy, did that scare us to death. But I was on the case and we realized that you know the febrile seizure would come seizure would come and then he would be okay then after that then his fever would come down and we wouldn't have to give him any medication or anything else to keep it down because it just stayed where it was supposed to be you know within a good healthy fever range but i did take his temperature once just as i was seeing some trouble and his fever shot up to 107 degrees and he had a seizure at that point so he spiked the temperature, his sluggish thermostat, let it get up that high, and he had the, the seizure. But that's how high it has to take, 107, 109. It has to go up that high before it really becomes dangerous. So don't be afraid of these things. Don't be afraid of the pain. Um, most of the time, if you allow those to, to, to continue in a natural way, and even support it. I mean, cover the person up with blankets. Give them a heating pad to, hang, 
you know, to heat their uh, hands up with and things like that. Make sure that you keep their body warm enough that you can incubate immune cells at maximum rate. But what do we do instead? What we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the more about the opioid crisis when we come back from this commercial. You know, I was reading the um, Missouri Medical Board Journal the other day. I mean, my gosh, what don't I read? It's incredible. And it was the whole issue was on the opioid epidemic. And I started at the beginning. I read the first editorial by the editor of the journal, the letter from the editor. And um, it just kind of shocked me. The very first sentence here, I'm going to read it for you. While physicians are not the cause of the current opioid epidemic, they are essential for its solution. Okay. Although physicians are not the cause of the current opioid epidemic, that just hit me right in the face because just this week, actually just after I read this article, one of my patients came in, a a concerned mom, and she was just at, at her wit's end. Her daughter got sick and was having all kinds of pain, and they took her to the emergency room. And one of the first, they put her on, first of all, an opioid, which is um, um, the, you know, the pump that puts the stuff right into your vein. The, uh, I can't come up with the name right now. But in any case, most of you know what I'm talking about. You're probably saying it to yourself. Um, and then later they said, well, we'll put her on, on uh, OxyContin so that she doesn't have this pain. Now, OxyContin is an opioid drug. She's 16 years old. And yes, she was in pain, but is the pain, is pain itself a reason for putting a 16-year-old on an opioid? And this article comes out and says, while physicians are not the cause of the current opioid epidemic, well, you can follow the word bull with whatever you like, but they are involved, right? They are involved. That doctor was involved, thank goodness, The mother was like horrified, went to her pediatrician, and the pediatrician said, are you kidding me? Now, there are many doctors that aren't involved with this whole thing. There are many doctors who never prescribe the opioids. And, you know, God bless those people because they are strong people that have courage and they're not just falling prey, you know, to the to the pharmaceutical companies that have made billions of dollars on this stuff and will make billions of dollars more before we can solve this problem. But to say that that doctor in the hospital that was was prescribing an opioid drug to a 16 year old just because they have pain. is just totally I mean, it's totally off the map. So I would encourage you folks, my goodness, get vocal about this. Talk about it. Tell your friends, you know, to say, warn them about them. Tell them to go to to Wikipedia and find out whether the drugs they're on are opioids. I have patients who come in every single day, you know, new patients and patients that, that have been on these drugs for like years and they have no idea that they're on an opioid and they have no idea that, that they've, been, they've been hooked into this habit and they, they just know, well, I tried to get off it once and I felt awful. The research shows, they say, well, well maybe we, they didn't know what was really going on. Well, how long does it take to know that an opioid drug is going to lead to a habit? I can tell you. It's a week. A week. 
how much sophisticated research do you need? This is the way it goes, okay? In fact, this is, I learned this from a study on back pain. Person gets back pain. They take an opioid drug. It feels better. For how long? For a week. And then if you don't increase the amount, it's just like it was before they started taking the drug. Why? Because the body reduces the number of receptors, opiate receptors on the cell membranes. And as a consequence, now that what's getting into the cell is the same amount of opioid-like substance that was getting into the cell, cell before you even started the opioid. So now you're back to normal. You're back to you know zero, so to speak, where you normally are. So unless you increase it, you're just normal, but you're still taking the drug. So now what happens? You have to increase it again, and then how long does it work? Well, it works for a week, right? You feel a little bit better for a week. But what happens then? Well, then after the end of that week, you reduce even more opiate receptors, and now the amount of opium getting into the cell is exactly the same as the endogenous opium or the opium-like substance, the endorphins that you would normally produce, and so now you feel normal again. But you got the back pain again because you're not able to reduce it you know, by yourself, and now you got the back. So you have to increase the dosage again if you want the opiate to work. But now you're in the hole even deeper because you're three times as much opium as you were doing originally. Start to get the picture. Now you're hopelessly addicted. Now the addict just keeps increasing it because they want that good feeling over and over again. So now they're going to increase it again for a week, again for a week, again for a week, until finally they go up to the place where you've got no opiate receptors on your cells anymore, and the next time you take opium, you're gone. Around 100, 150 deaths due to opium a week. And what could have been done from the very beginning? Well, what could have been done is you could have worked on the function of the spine and actually got the spine functioning better so that the pain would go away naturally. And that's the only thing that chiropractic does is they work on improving spinal function. That works in the low back, that works in the neck, that works in the, the effect that the neck and the muscles of the neck and shoulder has on producing headaches. We, we help people with migraine headaches every single day. We reduce the number, the intensity, and then many times they just go away entirely. They no longer have migraines. They're off their medications, et cetera, because that's the way improving function works. So please, I mean, please, I beg you to some extent, you know, not really because you're totally free to go your own way, but I really want to help you folks get off of these opium drugs, off of the dangers involved with it, off, off of all the side effects, and get you back to health by helping to improve your function. Talk to you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday Mornings at Your Service, sponsored by the Welcome to Health Center and Greatest Grains. Dr. Rexroth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then, give the good doctor a call at 309.